If you have your Bibles, will you stand with me, your smartphone, whatever you read the scriptures on, if you will get it, stand with me and turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, verse 11, Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. I I pray to God that when you come, you, you, you take notes, you try to get as much information as you can. I try to do my best uh, to teach you the scriptures, the word of God, that it may help you and you will know it. There's a lot of things that's going on um, in our world, and, you know, we're living in the last days, as the Bible like to, like to say, and it's the last days, meaning the return of Jesus Christ for his church is at hand. He is close to coming back. We don't know the day nor the hour, but the signs of the times have, have kind of given us insight that he is on his way back, and we must be ready. We must work on our relationship with God. But we must know what we know. And so if you don't know the word of God and and you don't have your own relationship with God, you can be in in a challenging position. And if you're in that position, I just want you to stick with us. Stick with me. I will teach you and I will help you to understand the word of God. The word of God. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. When you get into God's word, you get into the mind of God. You understand what God is all about. And now you can learn the ways of God. When you learn the word of God, you will learn the ways of God. You will understand how he operates. And oftentimes you will hear different talks about different things. You must know the word of God and know how God operates to not allow it to affect you. Because the Bible says, in the last days, whosoever can be shaken will be shaken. And so if you can be shaken by talks, if you can be shaken by people that, that, that have a different perspective of, 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 of the word of God, then, then they're going to be able to get you to go in the wrong direction. And so I pray to God today, and as you continue to come to this church, that you will receive the word of God, apply it to your life, and watch it change you. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. I really feel like God wants to tell us something here that's going to help us. I feel strongly about what I have to say today. Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 says, Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there had not risen a greater than John the Baptist. The scripture is telling us that of a natural birth coming from the womb of a woman, no man was considered greater than John the Baptist. That's lofty praise from God because this is written in red letters so Jesus is speaking. That's lofty praise. None greater than John the Baptist. Now you might say in your mind, what about Peter? Apostle Paul? How can John the Baptist be greater? Let's get a little further into it and see what the scripture is trying to tell us. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. <laughs> Jesus says, of man that's born from a woman, natural birth, physical birth, John the Baptist was the greatest. However, if you are the least that's been born into the kingdom of God, you are greater than John the Baptist. <laughs> That's heavy duty. We can stop right there and ponder that. That's heavy. Verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Hmm. Luke chapter 16. 
Taking my time here. Luke chapter 16, verse 16. The scripture says, The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. One last scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll go down to verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Verse 19 says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. There are some good scriptures there. Let us pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, speak to us. I pray that the Holy Ghost, Lord God, will begin even now to move to stir. God, I pray that the word of the Lord right now will be unveiled to us and we will receive revelation. We will receive illumination. But God, as we receive it, Lord God, help us to embrace it. Lord, whether it goes along with how we see or how we think, Lord, I pray that we will obey it, Lord God, for it's best to obey God rather than man. And so we ask you today, Lord God, to help us to obey your word and not obey ourselves and not obey somebody else, but to obey your word. I pray today, Lord God, for you to demonstrate your mighty act, Lord God, that healing and miracles will take place today, Lord God. Deliverance and salvation will take place today, Lord. That we will not walk out of this place today without a touch from you, without experiencing your glory. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to understand this. The first text that we read it said, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there had not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What I want you to understand this morning is how powerful, how great, and how just 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 outstanding the kingdom of god really is because if a man like john the baptist who is considered the greatest man ever to walk the earth born of woman if a man like john the baptist is considered the greatest and you that is in the kingdom is the least that's in the kingdom is greater than he then what is the deal with this kingdom the kingdom of God must be special. The kingdom of God must be powerful. And that's why today I want to talk to you about this particular subject. Citizenship of the kingdom. Citizenship of the kingdom. That's what we're going to kind of walk through today. Citizenship of the kingdom. What made John the Baptist so great? Why did the Bible says born of men when we had Elijah, when we had Moses, when we had Abraham, when we had David, when we had all those great men of God, Esther, great woman of God. We had those people and Jesus said, John is the greatest born of woman. I want you to know that Jesus was pointing out that John was doing something that nobody else did and will do. Everybody else that did whatever they did being used by God, somebody else came along and did something just the same. But there was only one Messiah. There was no other Messiah. There was only one Messiah. And John the Baptist was the forerunner for the Messiah. 
Nobody else can do that again. Nobody else can change that. John was the one that set the trail for Jesus to come into this world. And that's why he was considered the greatest, because he did something that nobody else could do. Nobody else will do. That's what he did. He set the trail for our God, Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in flesh. Jesus is the God man. Jesus is the invisible God becoming visible. And so John the Baptist was actually leading the trail for the almighty God who was in heaven and decided he was going to come to earth. But he had to come to earth legally and legitimately. And so he manifested himself into a human being but was still God at the same time to come to this earth legally. So John the Baptist is considered the greatest because he was the forerunner. For the Messiah. But Jesus went on to point out that yet he is still not greater than the least of them that are in the kingdom. John the Baptist never experienced the kingdom of God. He led the Messiah. He led the charge. He preached repentance. He preached Jesus is coming. But he never got into the kingdom. John the Baptist's ministry didn't last long. Because what he was doing was not common, and they killed him. So John never experienced the kingdom of God. So today, we want to look at citizenship of the kingdom of God. Citizenship is the most valuable asset of a nation and is not easily given because of its power and impact. And so, for you to obtain citizenship of any nation, it will not be so easily given to you. Nations don't just give up citizenship like that. It's too valuable. And so, if you're going to become a citizen of a country, there is some things you have to do to become that because it is too powerful and impactful for a nation to give you that privilege Unless they know for sure, you should get it. Am I talking to somebody in here? I don't know about you, but I wasn't born in America. I became a naturalized citizen of America, but I wasn't born in America. And there was a process to become a naturalized citizen in America. So I know what it what is what is saying to us that that to ha- to have citizenship is a very valuable asset. Of a country. And so it gives power to you and and help you to have impact. Citizenship is not membership. That's why you heard me say this morning. We are citizens. And if we're not citizens, we're working to become citizens. Church shouldn't have membership. Church should have citizenship. I got you quiet now. You can go ahead and be a member. I am going to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. I don't want to be a member of a church. I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Citizenship is not membership. Religions function on membership. See, this is why we're having problems with with churches and and, and different things that we we, we experience in our world because we're allowing the church to, 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 to be guided and governed by membership. But it's citizenship that God talks about when he talks about the kingdom of God, not membership. While nations and kingdoms function on citizenship. So churches, let me change that. Religious organizations are functioning on membership. So you go to different religious organizations. Are you a member of this? Are you a member of this? And they can go ahead and do that. Because I don't want to be a member of a religious organization. I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. This church is not a religious organization. And when we come in and the Spirit of God and the Word of God is not emanating in this place, we are detracting from what God intends for us to be. We will not be a religious organization. 
Religion is what caused the persecution or caused the death of Jesus Christ. We don't want to be religious. You, don't, you shouldn't want to be religious. Religion don't help anybody. Religion just causes more problems. That's what we have today. All the different religions. We talk about denomination. I'm non-denominational. You're Baptist. You're Methodist. You're Pentecostal. You, you, you know, you're Muslim. You're Buddhist. You're Presbyterian. You're Catholic. And we got all these things. And all that breeds is religion. It's not helping us entering into the kingdom. And God is about kingdom. So the concept of citizenship is critical to understanding the nature of the kingdom of God. We have kind of lost our way in church because we operated from a perspective of membership in a church. Remember I told some of you might remember this. God spoke to me one time in a church service and says, my people care more about the church than they do me. God told me that. And and when I said it, it caught everybody by surprise. Like, why is he saying that? Because what we are doing in a lot of instances is putting the church higher than Jesus Christ. Church is so important. I got to make sure the church, the church, the church. And I'm not talking that we shouldn't. The church, the church. But if the church is more important to you, then Jesus Christ, God's got a problem. The Bible calls him a jealous God. And so if church is more important to you than your relationship with Jesus Christ, you're in trouble. We got to fix that. We got to change that. So our aspiration should be our relationship with God. And when we get a relationship with God, it means that we're operating from a kingdom perspective and not from a church membership perspective. Church membership kills people because when you come here, and if I'm telling you be a member, the first thing you're thinking about, they want me to be a member to do what? Give money. They want me to be a member to do what? Serve. And so a lot of people have become discouraged because they went in churches and they became members and all they did was serve and all they did was give. And they felt like they were being used because they was operating from a church membership standpoint Uh, i'm going somewhere today that wasn't the intent for us that's not what god intended for his people he didn't intend for his people to operate as a member of a local assembly god intended for his people to be in his kingdom and operate like prince and priests of the kingdom of god That's why he called us priesthood. He called us royal. He called us holy because we're supposed to be in his kingdom operating as royalty. We've been operating as servants to an entity, religion, religious entity. And we become servants to that entity and not walking in our princeship, priesthood, holiness. So we're supposed to be striving to become a citizen of his kingdom and not for membership of a church. Now I'm correcting myself as I go. Because when I started out, member of the church, sound good. That's what it's supposed to be, membership. And God is changing it on me. Not membership, son. It's becoming a citizen of God's kingdom. See, if you become a member of the church, it makes the pastor almost like the boss. I'm not a boss, man. It makes the pastor more than he's or she's supposed to be. Pastor calls the shot, and you do what the pastor's saying. And that has messed a lot of people up and a lot of churches up and a lot of situations. But if we would have been operating from the standpoint of kingdom, kingdom mentality, citizens of the kingdom. You see, in the kingdom, we're all equal. In the kingdom, the king is the only authority. Oh. 
The king is the only authority and nobody has the right to make anybody do anything. Only the king. What we do as citizens of the kingdom is just take care of the responsibility that the king has given us. Citizenship of the kingdom is different from church and membership mentality. I want to get away from the church membership mentality and get into the kingdom of God mentality. Citizenship has great power as well as great privileges. When you are a citizen of any country or any kingdom, you have great power as well as great privileges. Do you feel like you have power in church? No. You come to church and you feel like, let me hear what the pastor got to say. Maybe he'll tell me something good that makes sense and I'll grab on to that. But you don't come to church and feel like you have power. You come to church and you feel like, I want to be blessed. You come to church and you feel like, I want something from me. You come to church and you say, all right, yeah, I will worship God. But you don't come to church empowered like, man, are you kidding me? I'm special. Are you kidding me? I have power. I have privileges. I have authority. Do you come to church like that? No, you don't. But you're supposed to come to church. You're supposed to walk into this place like, look at me, I'm here. Something got to happen now because I'm here because I'm a prince. I'm royalty and I am in the kingdom of God. The king has given me direction of what to do. And if the king has given me direction, I got power and authority. If we operate from a kingdom mindset, we will come into church a whole lot different. If you're sick, you don't need the pastor alone to lay hands on you to pray the healing of God. If you know you are a citizen of the kingdom of God and something is wrong, you need to just lay hands on somebody and say, I'm praying that God will heal you. We, have ch- we, we, we messed up the way God wanted this thing to be. It shouldn't just be me that pray for you and something happen. We all got the same citizenship I know y'all listening we going somewhere because of the power because of the privileges that we have being a citizen people are willing to risk their lives to cross borders to get to certain country you think it's a coincidence why we read sometimes people leaving Cuba and people leaving Mexico, and people leaving these different um, countries and, 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 and trying to make it into the U.S. or trying to make it into England or trying to make it in, in, into Canada. You think it's coincident why they're trying to do that? No, no, no. What they're saying is, if I can become a part of that country, that empowers me. Oh, come on, help me somebody. If I can become a part of that country, I will be empowered. They told me, I spoke to an Indian guy that I work with, and he told me, if you were born poor in India, you will die poor in India. You will not be empowered to do anything. You will not be able to accomplish anything because it's just the way it is. The citizenship there don't give you anything. But if you become a citizen of the United States of America, Oh, yes, you get some power. Oh, yes, there's something that's going on for you. Now you get some privileges. Now you get some power. Now you can do some things with your life. And if you were born poor into this country or you came to this country poor, you don't have to live poor in this country because citizenship in this country will help you achieve some things. Well, if it's true in America, what do you think about the kingdom of God? You think America have anything on the kingdom of God? We love America, and America is the greatest country in the world. I don't care what nobody says. But America still can't compare with the kingdom of God. So if America's citizenship can't compare with the kingdom of God, but American citizenship empowers you and gives you privileges, then why wouldn't we want to be in the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God will empower us. The kingdom of God will give us privileges that we otherwise wouldn't have. I want to be in the kingdom of God. Anybody want to be in the kingdom of God? I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Citizenship is the most precious gift any nation can give to anyone. Check this out. Citizens of a country, right? 
they, they, they have different laws to protect them than non-citizens. I know about that because one time I was a non-citizen. And certain things I couldn't do, certain things I couldn't get, certain privileges I didn't have. And so when I first came to America, when I was a non-citizen, I couldn't get certain things. But when I became a naturalized citizen, now I can get some things that I otherwise couldn't get when I first came. So, look at the kingdom of God. If you're not a citizen of the kingdom of God, you can't get certain protection. You can't get certain privileges. You, you, you want the privileges of the kingdom, but you've got to be a citizen of the kingdom. And it's not until we become a citizen of the kingdom can we obtain the privileges of the kingdom. I want to be a citizen of his kingdom. Do you know why we have power over Satan? Anybody know why? That lowly old me, little old you, we have power over Satan. In Mark chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible says this. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirit. God gave privileges to the people in the kingdom. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. If you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, you have power over demons and devils. And so you can cast out demons and devils wherever they are if you are a citizen of the kingdom. Why can you cast out demons? You know why? Because they're illegal. Demons and devils are illegal when they show up. They're not a citizen of this world. And they're not a citizen of the kingdom. So if you're showing up somewhere where you're not a citizen, you can get the boot. We know from the natural standpoint, if you're in this country illegally and the government decides he don't want you here anymore, you get the boot. Well, we, as citizens of the kingdom of God, whenever the demons come our way, we can give them the boot. They don't belong in our life. They don't belong in our church. They don't belong in our homes. They don't belong in our life because they are illegal. They're illegal. That's how you understand now why you have the right to say, Satan, get thee behind me. In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, I command you to come out. In the name of Jesus Christ, you have that authority if you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. Don't you let anybody just run you over. Don't you let anybody just do anything to you. If you are legal and you are legit in the kingdom of God, you have a authority and power to take control of the situation. Devil ain't legal. That's why you can do whatever you want with him. He illegal. And every time he try to come to you, I want you to tell him, devil, you are illegal. You have no right to talk to me. How can you speak when you are illegal? Devil been giving us fits. And we think that we can just let him get away with it. We can't let him get away with it. He's illegal. When it comes to the matter of citizenship, the kingdom of God is no different from a country. Now remember what I told you about the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. The kingdom of God, you can't see it. The kingdom of God is within you. What that means is the government of Jesus Christ is reigning and ruling in your life. So the kingdom of God is not seen. It's experienced. And so when you are in the kingdom of God, it means Jesus is reigning and ruling in your life. So let's look at this picture, how it works. Way back in the day, God established Israel, as we talked about last week, as his kingdom, physical kingdom in the earth. And he will be their king and govern over them and rule over them. 
And Israel in their ignorance saying, God, we appreciate you being our king. And we appreciate you allowing us to have this kingdom here on earth. But we looking at the other countries and they got a physical human king that they can go into his throne and touch him and talk to him physically. And we prefer that instead of having an invisible king. That's what Israel said. And God says, that's what you want. Okay, we'll give you a king. And as you know, the first king of Israel was Saul. They picked Saul. We, 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 we're a mess. We always think we know, even with God. And we, we try to set it all up like we know what's going on. So, so, so God says to them, all right, what do you want? They said, we want a king like the other nation. And so they looked out and they felt like Saul was the, was, he looked the role of a king, tall and handsome. Let's get Saul as king. He looked the part. We even pick our presidents like that. I don't know if they're going to pick Christie if he run because, you know, you got to have a certain look. It's just how we are as people. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe, you know, they won't pick him because of the look. I don't know. But I just know from the history of man, we've been picking our candidates according to how they look. They picked King Saul according to how he looked. And King Saul made a mess. This is how good God is to us. I'm just going here. God is putting this in me, so let me give it to you while he put it. This is how good God is to us. He was our king. We said, no, Lord, we don't want you to be king. Give us a man. He said, okay. Give them what they wanted. Then that man messed up, right? And when that man messed up, God says, well, let me give you a king now. This is how good God is to us. Shouldn't he have an attitude like, y'all just get on my nerves. I was your king, and I'm almighty God. I could have took real good care of you till all the end of time. But you want to go get a regular guy. I permitted you to get the regular guy. He messed up. Now, let me go find you a real king that's going to help you. So he still was trying to help them even when they were trying to get their way instead of getting his way. God picked David. David was the next king. God picked David. So God was still looking out for them even when they were trying to get their own way. We got a good God. That's what he just told me. He, he is so good to us. He should have just threw in the towel and said, I'm sick of y'all. I was king for y'all, and, and, and you wanted a, a, a worldly king, and I gave you one, and now he didn't work out, and you still want me to give you a king. I'm done with you. He could have said that. But he went and got them the best king that they could have got. What a wonderful God we serve. So his kingdom started back then. We didn't want it. So he said, forget it. Okay, do whatever you want. Then he came and established the kingdom of God, which is the government of God reigning in our life. The invisible kingdom that's within us. However, there's coming a day where we will get to the next place of the kingdom. And that will be territorial kingdom. Heaven is a territorial kingdom. It's a nation, if you will, that, 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 that Jesus Christ, the king, will rule over. So if we just allow him, man, this is so good to me. I don't know about you. If we will let him rule in our life while we're here in earth, that is the kingdom of God within us. If we let him rule in our life now, the day when the rapture takes place and we are raptured out of the earth and go to heaven to meet him, we will become like him and we won't need him to rule within us anymore but the place heaven where we will be in he will be the kingdom he will be the king of that kingdom and he will rule that kingdom the way he wants to rule it which means all right brown you're gonna be this part of the kingdom all right fox you're gonna be this part of the kingdom and he's gonna sign us when we get to heaven we will still be doing stuff we just won't be just chilling in heaven because heaven is a kingdom ruled by the king and we will be assigned as priests. We will be assigned as people that's part of the kingdom. So when you get to heaven, you're going to be doing some stuff. If you're part of the kingdom now, you will get to heaven. You're not a part of the kingdom now. I can't get to heaven. So, so we need to secure citizenship right now. 
We need to secure citizenship right now here so when we get to the territorial place, the place called heaven, the, 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 the place that, that, that they say the street is gold, the place where the, the presence of God, and we will be able to be like him and see each other as we are. When we get to that place, there will be a territory. Remember what we said, what is a kingdom? It is a country or a territory that is ruled by a king. And so right now, we're dealing with the invisible kingdom that is within us. First was the physical, now the invisible. Now, when the rapture takes place, we're going to go back to the visible kingdom. God is good. He's just working all the time to try to help us. We mess stuff up and he's saying, let me try to help you some more. So we can do with the devil what the devil don't want us to do because he's illegal and we are legal. There are privileges in being a citizen in the kingdom of God. One of the greatest privilege we can have in the kingdom of God is to have keys. If you are a citizen of a kingdom, it means you have the right to access that kingdom. It means you got keys. And so as a citizen of God, of the kingdom of God, you have keys to access whatever you want to access. Again, I think that we have missed it over the years. Can I tell you this? People have not embraced, now it's hard for me to say it, but it's still right. People have not embraced church the way they should have embraced church. And the reason why they didn't is because we didn't teach the kingdom concept. If people, see, one thing I've learned about people, we're all like this, all of us. Doesn't matter how special you are. Doesn't matter how smart you are, how unselfish you are. All of us have this DNA. What's in it for me? All of us at some point in time want to know, what do I get out of this? And when people come to church and we tell them they must be born again of the warden of the spirit in order to get to heaven. Because we are so poor in investment and heaven is still awaiting us, we get a little antsy and we don't stay the course. Because all we were told was heaven. And so we're waiting for heaven for us to get raptured in heaven, and it doesn't happen right away. And so we start straying, and we start going our own direction because what's in it for me? You told me when I got saved that heaven was in it for me, but I've been waiting for heaven, and heaven is taking too long. But if we would have taught the kingdom concept and let them know they have privileges and they have power and they have keys and we would have taught them that then they would know that while you're waiting for the other kingdom you can exercise some other things in this current kingdom and so people have been waiting for heaven and not realizing the kingdom of God you have privileges you have power you have authority there's keys that you can have to access all kinds of things And so we haven't been accessing anything because somehow we have stayed dormant worrying about when is heaven coming, man? You know, I got born again. I'm baptized in Jesus' name. I'm filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to live right. Yeah, I slip up every once in a while, but man, heaven is taking too long. And so that's our mindset. And so we have become, what's the word, complacent. Waiting for heaven, thinking that's the grand prize. Not saying heaven is not a great grand prize, but what I'm saying is what I've been what I taught a couple weeks ago, the prayer of the tabernacle. You can allow some of heaven here in earth if you live the right way. If you if you live your life from the kingdom perspective and not from a church membership perspective. If you live from a church membership perspective, you can't bring heaven down to earth. But if you live by a kingdom mindset, you will bring heaven in earth. 
There's more to just living for God. There's more to just the initial, you know, giving my life to God. There's more to it. And if we just live our life just waiting for heaven, it's going to be a whole lot of trials and troubles and all kind of setbacks because all we're doing is waiting for heaven. Nobody has what it takes to keep walking and keep living in the, in the kingdom of God without no privileges, without some other things going on. And so God is trying to get us to understand kingdom concept today. Becoming a citizen of his kingdom and not just living from a church membership standpoint. I want to live from a citizenship standpoint, not from a church membership standpoint. Because when you really understand that you are in the kingdom of God, everything changes. Just think about it. God says, you're more powerful than John the Baptist when you get into the kingdom. You, you would have never guessed that in your life. This thing, John the Baptist, repent. The Bible says he was just rugged and he just was strong in his belief and leading the way for the Messiah. And Jordan would try to stay up all night long. I know you're like, Jordan, get out of here. Go get some sleep. But everybody got authority to wherever they have keys to. So if you have keys to something, you have authority. So if you are in the kingdom, you are a citizen, Mr. Sonny. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. God give you keys, which means you have authority. You can do some stuff. So maybe we're not exercising our authority as citizens of the kingdom. Maybe we just live in, in a church membership mentality, and so we, we haven't exercised the authority. The second key is the key that represents access. Keys give you access to everything it can open. So when you have the keys, there's access there. You can you can access wherever you want. So let's you, you know if, if we have the keys, all the keys to we don't have the keys to this this building by the way. So we gotta if we gotta access some place, we gotta call for the chief or one of the people that have the keys. And so. When you are a citizen of the kingdom, you have keys. So you can access different things in the kingdom of God. Oh, help me, Jesus. The third key represents ownership. The keys of ownership. When you have the keys of ownership, when you're, when you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, you have the keys of ownership. The keys give you ownership of whatever it opens. No one who is relying on his or her own merits, can see the kingdom. But you can have ownership of the kingdom. See, remember I told you this last week. When you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, one of the big difference, and I'm almost there, one of the big difference between kingdom, citizenship and kingdom, and church membership is this. You own a piece of the pie as a citizen of the kingdom. There's, you, you, you are given ownership. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with the son, and the son has inherited everything. So if the son, who is Jesus Christ, has everything, and we are joint heirs with him, it means we're going to share in the inheritance. So as a citizen of the kingdom... You have ownership. You didn't buy that. Okay. Fourth key. Key represent control. The key of control. You possess the key to something, you have control of it. You have the, you have the keys to something, you have control of it. You can decide who comes in and who goes out. That's why I told you you can cast out demons and they got to go. You got to go. I got the keys to this. You got to go. You don't have no business here. Get out of here. So keys represent control. Five, keys represent authorization. So the keys of authorization. The authority to act in the stead. Oh, I love this one. The keys of authorization is the, has been given to you by the king. And so when you have keys, you are acting in the stead of the king. 
So what it means is the king has given you authorization to do whatever you need to do. When you become a citizen of the kingdom, the king trusts you and says, here, keys. And you hold on to the keys. And now it means you have authorization to do some things. When you live from a citizenship standpoint and not membership, you have control, authorization. Keys of power. Keys give you power over whatever you possess. Keys give you the power to let people come in and, 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 and who you don't want to come in. You say you can't come in. I don't know about some of you if you used to go to places where they used to have a bouncer. If the bouncer decided that you wasn't coming inside the club, you wasn't going. Why? Because he had the power. He had the keys of power. Keys represent freedom. This is the final one here. Keys represent freedom. The keys of the kingdom gives us freedom from fear and earthly system. If we have the keys, which we should have them if we're citizens, then now... We have the freedom to not allow fear to grip us, to not allow fear to take over us, or to allow the earthly system to rule over us. Why wouldn't you want to become a citizen of the kingdom of God? Who wouldn't want to become a citizen of the kingdom of God? John, last verse, and all of you know it, but I still want to make sure I read it to you. John chapter 3. Verse 1 says, there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man, meaning man or woman, be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That word see doesn't mean physical because we know we can't see the kingdom of God. We know that the kingdom of God is within us. So it means that if you're not born again, you cannot understand the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot, he cannot, he cannot, nobody can enter. He cannot, you cannot, I cannot. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. If we're not born again of the water and of the spirit, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You cannot obtain citizenship until you're born again. And then once you're born again, you still have to let now Jesus reign in your life, meaning his government, his rulership to reign in your life. Will you stand with me? If we're going to be citizens of the kingdom of God, we must be born again. And once we become born again, we have the right to exercise some privileges, some power. We are empowered as citizens of the kingdom. But if you're going to be a part of just church membership, you won't feel empowered. But if you will trust God and take that first step of faith and repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost like he did Chanel, and then you will allow him to reign in your life. You become a part of his great kingdom. Just as an earthly citizen is a right of birth or is granted to a person, so citizenship in the kingdom of God is a right new birth. Check this out. We have dual citizenship sister Suzette we have dual citizenship I'll give you that before I close we are citizens of the earth and citizens of the kingdom of God how do you become a citizen without being naturalized you must be born in that country so physically sister Miser, we were born in the earth 
that makes us a citizen of earth. And you can't become a citizen of the kingdom of God unless you got to be born again. So you obtain citizenship by being born in that country. So we're a citizen of earth. And we're a citizen of the kingdom of God. We have dual citizenship. The devil have no citizenship in earth nor in the kingdom of God. That's why we do this all the time to him. We can smack him around. Get out of here, boy. You don't belong here. Your citizenship is coming. <laughs> we need to tell the devil, your citizenship days is coming. Because the eternal lake of fire is where you have a citizenship at. That's where the devil will spend eternity is in the lake of fire. So the lake of fire is his place of citizenship. But our place of citizenship is the kingdom of God. We were born into this world, so yes, we have citizenship from just being born here. Oh, God help us. So if we're going to become citizens of God, we must be born again in order to be able to enter into his kingdom. If you've never been born again of the warden of the spirit, I pray that you will answer the call, take the challenge today. Don't put it off. Don't you wait. When it was time for you to be born into this world, you had no choice. You just came out of the womb. Well, when God is putting on your heart, it's time for you to be born into this kingdom. You shouldn't put it off. You should say, I want to be born again of the warden of the spirit that I may enter into the kingdom of God. We need to become citizens of the kingdom of God. I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Anybody want to be a citizen of the kingdom of God? Will you do what it takes to make you a citizen of the kingdom of God? Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh God. Revolutionize our thinking and our understanding, Lord God. For Lord Jesus, we have God lived this life according to our own understanding. But God, you want us to understand kingdom citizenship. You want us to understand who we are in you, Lord God, and the authority we have, the privileges we have. Help us to not live beneath our privileges. Help us, Lord God, to not allow the world and the enemy, Lord God, to have dominion over us. You created us and gave us dominion to rule over this earth. And you've given us dominion in your kingdom. And so, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that somebody today will call on your name. Somebody will realize, yes, Lord, I'm ready to take my rightful place in the kingdom. I'm ready to exercise the authority you invested in me. I know now that I got power to cast out the enemy. I know I have power now to lay hands on the sick and they recover. I know I have power now to speak the word of God and it will be established and settled upon the earth. I know I got privileges, authorization, power, control, because you have given that to me, Lord God.